We hope you enjoy this episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. But first, a message from our sponsor. One consistent theme you'll hear from me, Billy Tarasio, is that we do not believe in a one-size-fits-all solution. That's why at Modern Law, you can find anything you need for your family law case. For the highest stakes litigation cases, we've got experienced family law attorneys who can offer you representation. We also have embraced newly licensed legal paraprofessionals who can offer you legal representation for less. And if you just need your documents prepared, we can offer certified legal document preparers as well. If that's not for you and instead you are representing yourself, congratulations. You are like one of the 70% of people out there doing it on your own. And our newest offering, Win Without Law School, can help. For more information about Win Without Law School, go to winwithoutlawschool.com. To get representation options, go to mymodernlaw.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio, Arizona family law attorney and owner of Modern Law and Win Without Law School. Today, we are joined for a a special fathers-focused episode with Ken Crockett. Ken is one of our moderators of the Modern Divorce Support Group on Facebook, and he has been through the ringer in family court. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Ken, you have done so much already in family court on your own and with a lawyer. You've been doing this process for quite a few years. Will you just take a minute and introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, yeah, my my name's Ken. I went through this fun family court process uh, starting in 2019. But yeah, it started out just all right. We're we're divorcing. Let's just go through the process. Chain, you know, going through all of that the new changes, trying to adjust to the new dynamic with children and the split homes for both of them, all of that. Uh, Fortunately, uh, had to go back a few times. uh, And it's been a very much a learning process the whole way. Yeah, yours has really been... So you, you, you got divorced and you agreed to it in 2019. Um, Yes. And then since then, it's just been change after change after change. How old are your children now? Um, my oldest is 18, just graduated high school, turned 18 a month after that. Uh, and then I have my three youngest children. Uh, we've got a 10th grader. I've got a kid in junior high. And my youngest is in elementary school. Wow. So four kids. Four now. Kids. And originally, you all agreed that mom would be the primary residential parent. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I really wanted to do 50-50. Unfortunately, at the time, my employer wasn't flexible. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best way of putting it uh, with my schedule to allow that to actually be something I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked late hours, went in, you know, it'd be great for mornings because kids off to school, but I wouldn't be getting home till seven, eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So uh, until that could be done, yeah, we we adjusted and went the route that we went with that. Till you know, my understanding, till my work would allow me to make those changes, which actually only happened a few months after we divorced. But unfortunately, it didn't go that route. The of well, let's let's adjust this. You know, we can make these changes and agree to it. Didn't end up being that way. So sure. So. Originally, you agreed that mom would be the primary residential parent. Your work wouldn't allow you to do 50-50. And today, you are the primary residential parent. Is that correct? I am. 
Okay. So tell us, how did we get there? Well, it was kind of through a long, long process, multiple times going to court, kind of fast forwarding a little bit. You know, I, I would have the kids over every day. Once school started, my ex had gone back to work. So I I had them every other weekend and then a day in the middle. Pretty standard, I know, in Arizona when you don't do 50-50, that's pretty much the standard. So I would have them and they were coming over every day after school. Their mom was wor- working um, and it worked out well. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't go, well, we need to go back for child support. I was happy to have my children mm-hmm. and, and getting to spend every day with them. I got to make dinner for them. We sat down, had dinner together. It was it was great. Um, and I was able to pick them up. Their mom looked like five minutes for me. Wasn't even planned. It was just how it worked out when we divorced and we both found our own places. Come to find out, oh, they're five minutes from each other. This works out perfect. So that sounds optimal. It was definitely optimal at the time. Um, but there were instant, there were some things that were coming up um, with all of that. And my uh, ex was looking to to move and, and well, fantastic, but wanted to move our children. Mm-hmm. And she ended up moving to Sedona and relocating with your kids there, correct? Mm-hmm. And how long were they there before you ended up getting custody back? I want to say a mere year and a half, maybe two years, close, probably closest to two years when everything's all said and done. Okay. Um, it was, was pro- it-, it was it was closer to two years. Okay. So for about two years, they lived in Sedona. They went to school in Sedona. Um, did you have a long distance plan at that point? Um, yeah, because we had gone back um, because... She was saying, "Hey, I want to. I'm going to move the kids," and I didn't agree. Mm-hmm. I wanted us to go to a fifty-fifty. My work per- perfectly allowed that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, my schedule wise, um, plus with the COVID and everything else, I was fully remote. Like, and have been uh, had been ever since that. Like, it just worked out very well that way. So I, I, I just wanted fifty-fifty. I just wanted us to split. And, and the court said, "Well, that's not going to work." mom lives up there like this right. is not going to work right so, 50 50 is impossible when when you don't when you're not both local so the court yeah. ended up kind of um sticking with that original agreement because you had you know you had agreed to her being the residential parent so they just kind of continued the status uh, quo a little bit we we had uh the judge at the time we were in a different county um than where we both were living because it was where originally we divorced and he judge basically said, look, I'm going to order mediation and you both need to come to an agreement because if I have to, you're not going to like it. Mm. Paraphrasing a little bit, but that was essentially what he said. Sure. Um, and I didn't want to not have any sort of control. I let's let's work together and let's figure something out. So um, we did. And unfortunately, it wasn't what I wanted to have happen completely like. Obviously, 50 50 still it. That's what I would love to do. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't going to work. So we, we came to an agreement and it ended up being I would have the kids three weekends out of the month, mm-hmm. um, had them for breaks, you know, three day weekends. I would have them during the summer. It was a lot more time with them and it was fantastic. I, I loved, I loved it. Yeah. Um, just having them around is what well, parent doesn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't hate the schedule. 
didn't hate it, obviously. Oh. Again, having having that 50-50s ideal, but I didn't hate the schedule at all. It was it was a lot more time with with my children. So mm-hmm. who yeah, like I said, who who wouldn't be opposed to that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up with them back here? And by here I mean in in Maricopa County in the Phoenix area. So two hours away from Sedona. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of aspects to it. I'm not going to go into all of those just because it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um anybody wants to reach out to me directly and my story hits a you know, hits a chord with you and you'd love to know more. I'd love to chat with folks one-on-one, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of different things that kept coming up and coming up. And after that was in place that I realized, you know, it, one, it was important to document. So I was, that's one thing I can tell any parent, not just fathers, any parent, if there's something that's not going according to your orders and is in violation of them or seems off, even if it's not outlined, document it, document it, document it, like time, date, when it occurred, what it was, put, make those notes. If you have a picture or email, whatever the case is, something that goes along with it to also back that up, document. So I would document everything that was coming up. Did you use a specific, um, mechanism for collecting those and keeping those documents organized or how did you do that um yes and no <laughs> i mean i made it my own um i used i, I have a mac i have apples to everything so if i was on about on my phone i'd go into the notes app and just type it all out and put a picture i can embed it into that um i would create you know my my high cloud account had and everything folders for every little thing where they needed to go dated. So I would just copy, you know, save an email, all those things and just file it away. So I had everything outlined. Um, and then when I got to further in the process, ended up printing everything out, put in a notebook. So I had time date specifically what, you know, what the situation was. So, and then that was set by time and date. So it would be like, Oh, well, this thing that, you know, this type of scenario or this type of something with one of my kids, whatever it was, had it all documented and outlined out. And so, yeah, I didn't use any existing tools or anything that are out there for parents for that kind of stuff. It was just kind of, I'm going to do this all on my own and created my own system. I love it. I love it. What works for you, given the devices that you're using all day, every day anyway, that makes a lot of sense. I think that that's great advice. So you were documenting everything that wasn't going according to the plan. And then how did you decide I've got to do something? Everything kept building up and I knew we were getting close to the year point because you can't file for a year unless there's extenuating circumstances. And we had gone through that already when, when the children were moved. Um, Cause yeah, this was going to happen. Like you, you, that was an extenuating circumstance. And, and it was funny because the judge had called out and he goes during that time, he goes, well, you're not supposed to do that before a year. And like really called it out. Like I did something wrong, but then was like, but this is an extenuating circumstance. It was just a very odd way of doing things. Um, 
And, and at that time, I even wanted to have it moved to Maricopa County. And the judge was like, no, we're not going to do that because we're not going to hand Maricopa County a landmine, which I can get from a professional legal standpoint. You know, like, you don't want to just be like, mm, you know, mm. here you go. No take backs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I started going through the process and realizing that the year, the prior time we had gone back, I, I did, you know, I think I handled it well. Um, and I had had some assistance with, with a paralegal, but I was, you know, I was pro se. I was completely, you know, representing myself. I knew I couldn't do that that time. Uh, and so I started looking around trying to find, find legal representation that could assist and help. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding the lawyer that I went with. Mm-hmm. Um, after a lot of searching and he was amazing. He was awesome. Just, you know, listened to everything that was going on. Didn't, didn't make me feel like I was, you know, an- another number, another, another paycheck, so to speak. Um, cause I'm sh- obviously, you know, and, and folks out there that are going through this process, you know, you pay a lot of money to the lawyer and sits in that retainer and, he never made me feel like I was just that for him. Like he truly cared about my case. So I went with him and, Oh yeah, it definitely does. And the whole team at that, that law firm really like everybody that was involved was very helpful. And so we kind of, we went through the process and went over everything and Hey, you know, he, I'm going to be realistic here. This is an uphill battle for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's all those things in place and you need to say something about it, but that doesn't mean anything's going to change okay. at all. Okay. Like this is just, you know, things have been the way they are. You kind of agreed to have this change happen back when you did. Like it very well will stay that way. We'll fight as hard as we can, but you need to know this is going to be very much an uphill battle and that's a sobering moment to hear it is. Uh, a little bit like, Hey, yeah, this is going to be an uphill battle and it's probably not changing anything, but wow. you, you know, also making sure that I had my day in court t- to be able to tell my story, to wow. outline everything. And obviously it did work. So you went, you had your day in court, you made your case and the judge agreed. And how long have the kids been with you now? December of last year. Okay. So we had we had new end of summer is when everything trial happened, and then we had the full. It was interesting because my lawyer was like two weeks. He's usually pretty quick with these things. We had the full sixty days. Wow. So it was That's just so silence for sixty days, wondering, and I uh, I ruined the surprise when it all came through because I got a little impatient. So I would constantly check uh, the ECR lookup uh, that I had access to through everything and. I saw the new orders come in. And then about an hour after that, my lawyer called to say, Hey, we got the new orders. I'm like, Oh yeah, I know. But yeah. So, and then it just became a month of trying to go through the process of, okay, we got to get school. I got to get schools all set up. My fiance and I had just moved literally the weekend before trial. Wow. And got our, our place in Gilbert. And like, we chose where we did because we wanted the schools. We had sure. scoped out all the schools, you know, in the Valley where we were at. Good. Things change. We wanted to make it clear. This is where we want the kids. You know, this is this is where I want, you know, my youngest to go to elementary school, my older two for high school and all of that. So 
So you had chosen a home that would accommodate you having custody, thankfully. That and like, to me, education is very, very important. I wasn't happy with the schools that were up there. Um, I, the schools are just, it's Sedona. So you have what's there. Right. But I, I wasn't happy with the reviews and, and various things that I had seen. I just I didn't feel great about the education. So to me, education, first and foremost, was a big, a big, big deal. So what did it feel like to get that order 60 days after trial? And even though you knew you, you, you know, that it was an uphill battle and that you might not prevail, what did it feel like to read that you had prevailed? Very reassuring. Uh, I have no problem admitting that bald like a baby uh, to the point it made myself sick. So yeah. it's, uh, heavy. it's heavy. It is. You know, when you win. Yeah. Like I, 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 I was working and my boss was like, take a few hours. You're good. Just don't even worry about it. Like you're good, dude. Um, quite a few walks around the neighborhood just to kind of sink it in and some walks, you know, put in the AirPods, crank some music and just try to center myself again. It was very surreal moments of like, this isn't happening. Is this like, and how did the kids take it? Excited, but also sad too, because they had established, you know, friends and stuff up at their schools that they were at. One of my children made the comment and I was like, this is like the sweetest thing you could say. And he's like, I, you know, I'm excited because I get to make more friends. Oh, and that was my youngest, and and was eight at the time uh, when that was said, and then turned nine like a month later. But uh, yeah, it was it was really my oldest was like, yeah, okay, like I'm gonna go with the flow, and, and one of my other children wasn't happy because they have established friends and sat with them and saying, Hey, I, I want to do what I can to help there. Cause I know you have friends, like we'll do what we need to, whether it's taking you up there on a weekend and maybe your mom picks you back up or brings you back. Um, just, you know, let's plan things ahead, which I know is a little harder to do with friends sometimes, sure. but you know, like day of your day before, like if, you know, let's try to stay away from some of that just because right. that's a little harder. Cause right. if we can make it work, I'll make it work. But you know, that, that's a lot harder to do, especially with, three other siblings and all of their schedules and all the various things they do. Did your children know that there was a possibility they were going to move or they were going to stay? And how did you kind of keep them informed, but also keep it neutral and keep them out of the litigation? I don't know how much. I think they knew more, probably more than I'm comfortable with telling them just because I wanted to keep them out of it as much as I can still do. Uh, That's to me, that's, it's kind of sucky in Arizona. Like I know judges will take children's thoughts and, and all that into consideration. But in the end, as sad as it sounds, what a kid wants doesn't mean anything to the judge in in the grand scheme of things. They're going to make the decision they feel is in the best interest with all the facts that they have been given. I Anytime my kids would bring it up, I just let them know, look, your, your mom and I aren't agreeing. And we need some other adults that have to help us figure it out. Their job is basically to say, all right, you don't agree. You don't agree. Where can you guys compromise? And if we can't, they have to make the decision for us and say, here's all of the things you need to do to co-parent and and do your best. And that's about the extent I have taken it with, with the kids. That's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, have you and your ex and your children been able to establish a relative peace? At times, yes. At times, yeah. 
the kids have gotten into the routines and, and whatnot. And, and I've, I've helped, I've gotten them into therapy and stuff so they can work through the transitions. I, you know, that's a tough thing on kids, especially when you have to travel back, mm-hmm. even whether it's every weekend or every other weekend, like it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and adjusting to, to do home environments and in a roundabout way. And, and I know there's some couples when they divorce, they keep all their parenting very copacetic between them. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the exception, not the rule Thank for you. sure. I do. Uh, you know, and, and getting used to those different dynamics and, and parenting. And I, w- I want to help prep them for, for life. And I hope they never have to go through this process themselves. But, you know, I, I want to try to make it as, as, What's the word I'm looking for? It, making it uh, as perfect of a co-parenting relationship as they can they can see. Like, right. I, I, I want to try to do all I can to, hey, you know, we work we're working together here. We're both on the same page with things. So I just I always try to show that to the kids, and and they do get for the most part. And of course, there's times from t- time to time where, well, I want to go do stuff with my friends, or well, I'm allowed to do this at mom's, and, and the typical stuff that kids right. have. You gotta expect it happen right? during yeah. that process. So that's kind of where we're at with a lot of it. Ken, if you had to predict, do you think that your family court journey is done, or do you think that you'll end up back in court? I hope and pray I never do because I is is great and is great of an experience. And I don't mean great in like the, like, Oh my gosh, this was just amazing. Like, it was not, it sucked. I hope I never have to see the inside of a courtroom as someone has to sit at one of those tables ever again. Never want to do it. Will I, if I have to? Yeah, of course. I hope not, but uh, you know, I also know the reality. There's a good chance that that could happen at some point too. So it's a, it's a long game, right? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is. It is. And, and trying to always be prepared of like, what, uh, you know, what's going to happen if I do this, is this going to happen? And, you know, mm-hmm. are they going to, are they going to think this? And then next thing we know we're in court again, like, and that's been the hardest part through it of like letting go of that and going, all right, you know what? I'm going to follow the orders. I'm going to do exactly what those orders state. And as long as I'm following it and I'm doing what we're supposed to, if, if, we can agree on something and work together. Great. And if we can't, then we follow what's outlined. That's a great rule of thumb. It's yeah. a great rule of thumb. Like if you're in a co-parenting relationship, you got two options. You either both agree to something that's not in the order or you follow the order. Those are really the only two options. It It, it is. And that's what it's there for. Like right. it's, it's there. And, and I can admit early on, like I just thought, whatever this says, this is what we're supposed to do. Sure. No matter what. And for the most part, that's how everything was being done because we were both very new into the the, the experience and, and, and the situation. But when it comes down to it, you just you, you follow the orders. If you can't make an agreement of any kind, follow those. That's what it's, it's what you spent all the money on, if, right. if, whether you had a lawyer or didn't. Uh, right. It's what all the courts you know spent their time doing. Let's not have wasted everyone's time. So if we can't agree, follow. Follow what's there. Well, Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a really great episode. Any last words for fathers or parents going through this situation? Yeah. Um, fathers who are, are fighting, and I'm in a few different Facebook groups who fathers and and my story is minuscule and piddly compared to what I've seen some dads go through. Like yeah. not not to belittle everything that I've gone through, but like no, there's some dads who are fighting, who are going through crazy, crazy situations. Don't give up. If if your kids are important to you, you'd never give up on them. 
I can say that even as an adult, my parents don't give up on me. You know, they reach out. Hey, how are things going? You know, they want to know how I am, even though I'm an adult. I'm in my late thirties. Like no matter what your kids, if they're important to you, they're important to you and just fighting for your kids. And there's good dads, there's bad dads, there's good moms, there's not great moms. You know, there's, as you know, it's, it's a wide situation for everybody. Do do right by your children. And yeah, for dads, there's a lot of stigma and, and things are changing. I know a lot of different states are starting to realize, so yeah, dads have gotten the kind of the raw end of the deal. Uh, there's a lot of old stigmas of, well, well, it's the mom. So kids should be with the mom. And, and a lot of states are realizing, wait, dads are very important. There's all these studies out there going how important fathers are to children. And for them to have those relationships. And that's why you're starting to see, I think, a lot of states switching to that 50-50 where they hadn't been in the past and really trying to drive that point home. And it's going to be a long process. Um, I know a lot of states, it seems like they overcorrect a little bit. Um, And and you hear instances in the news of kids going to a, a dad who's probably not the best or going to a mom that's not the best. And it's it's. I think the family court system's kind of a big ship. You know, it steers very slowly and there's a lot of, sometimes there's some overcorrections and you just kind of have to realign and readjust. Right, right. Well, Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a great episode. If you all have enjoyed this episode, please like it, download it, rate it, share it with your friends and family. You can find Ken at the Modern Divorce Support Group. He is one of our moderators and he runs our dad's chats. He's a fantastic person and a resource for you to get in touch with. And if you would like to be a guest or you know someone who would be a good guest on the Modern Divorce Podcast, make sure to reach out. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.